Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Schwan. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Schwan CFL or on Instagram at Mike Schwan. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Don't forget to also follow the show on social media. We are at True North CF Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and our Facebook page is True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So let's jump into the news here. Um, We'll get into this a bit more later, but Matt Dunnigan called the Kari Jones firing in Montreal a witch hunt. Montreal signed former draft pick Pierre Oliver Lestage, who was previously with the Seattle Seahawks, and took Chris Ackey off the six-game injured list. The Elks signed a recently cut Canadian receiver Mike Jones, who was previously with the Elks, not to be confused with the Montreal DB. You said the Elks. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Ticats signed him. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, yeah. Podcast signed him. Yeah, he used to be with the Elks. My bad. All right. Stamps cut uh, started DB Raheem Wilson. Uh, the Owls owner um, stated the Owls will beat the undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week. So, you're a betting man. Uh, I, would, I would not go all in with Mr. Stern <laughs> on that one. But, yeah. And then BC uh, receiver Brian Burden returned to practice, and uh, BC also signed American offensive lineman Tristan Tyler. Bombers cut uh, quarterback Joe Manchuso. Uh, Carter, do you know anything about this guy? I didn't even know he got cut. So I'm uh, I'm assuming they're confident in their in their quarterback trio, um, Caleros, Drew Brown as their backup, and then uh, Dakota Prukop as their short yard guy. Fair enough. I am a believer in Drew Brown, so that that's definitely fair. And then Ian Carey missed practice with a hamstring injury. Read into that what you will, whether that's a rest day or that is something to be worried about. And then. We'll do this one last story, and then we'll get into a story that transcends the CFL here. Um, the Three Down Nation released a really interesting article. If you're a draft nerd like me, you can go and read that about the top 25 prospects uh, for next year's draft. So, good read. I'd recommend it if you have some time to look through it. And then... This isn't CFL related, but we're going to talk about it because it is pro football related. Um, Sean Watson, after facing, I believe it's now 26, 24 or 26 allegations of varying degrees of sexual assault and sexual misconduct, uh, got handed a six-game suspension uh, from the NFL. Too little or too much? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's hop over this one quick, but it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anybody says anything besides it's not enough, then yeah. 
I'll take I, him seriously. I, I think we all can agree on that. I know. Um, Calvin, put this in context. Alvin Ridley, uh, got suspended a full season for gambling on games that he wasn't even involved in. So, great job with your priorities, NFL. So, no, he was he was uh, he was gambling on his own team. Yeah, I don't think he was in the game though. It it came out that like he literally wasn't involved. You know what? the nfl let's yeah, yeah let's let's get at all all right so let's hop over to hamilton versus montreal where the tie cats get another w and beat montreal 24 17 um oh i didn't put this in there but does hamilton make a trade for a quarterback uh you know, I don't think so. I, Dane's not necessarily the problem. They got no run game. Uh, their defense is letting up scores near the end, but you know they pulled it off this week. So kudos to them. So uh, I don't think they're trading. I yeah, uh, yeah. So I think uh, if you were gonna trade Dane Evans, uh, if you were Hamilton and you were looking to move him, you would have pulled the trigger before this point. Um, I think at this point they are just solid with riding out this season and like. Heller high water situation. It's just gonna he's gonna be the guy, and we're gonna see where he can go with a full season of just being the guy. Yeah, for me, um, I don't think you need a trade for a QB. I think Dane's kind of starting to figure it out, and I think you roll with them for the rest of the season to see what you have. And then, is it finally safe to say that Montreal should not have fired Kahari Jones? Yeah, I, th- I think it was evident after. The first, like the first game, uh, after he was gone, oh, yeah. even now there's no change. Like they're still up there with penalties. They lost this game now. I believe they've lost two or three since the coaching change. So, yeah, just uh, there's literally no difference. And it was as Matt Dunnigan would kind of say, it was a bit of a witch hunt and almost just an excuse to get rid of Kari. Yeah, no, I mean I'd seen all over, right? He wasn't like. Uh, he wasn't the GM that hired Kari Jones, so that situation was never going to last too, too long. But still, it's like, come on. To cite something like that as being the issue, like, you know, um, penalties, and you're giving up costly penalties, like, even more so now, it's just like, you look even more like an idiot. I, I just find it funny that they cited specifically discipline issues. They said it wasn't result-based, it was discipline, and... The game after he got fired, they had 195 yards in penalties. And they are right now, I believe, second only to Saskatchewan in the most penalty yards in the league. So Hmm. their discipline has not gotten better. Uh, If you look at, I was comparing the numbers, and uh, with Kahari there, they're about 67.5 penalty yards per game, which, looking at the rest of the league, that's about average maybe slightly above average. Like, that's not too bad, but now they're, like, number two, so. Yeah, they definitely made the wrong call there. And then... Hamilton... Uh... Oh, yeah, Hamilton finally clutched this one. So, are they back to being the Ticats of old? Well, I don't know about the Ticats of old, necessarily, but they got some really good players on there, like Stephen Dunbar. Braylon Addison and some good guys on defense, but you look at their next like three or four weeks, they play Toronto twice, then they play Montreal 
and then they play Toronto again. So they could, you know what, if, if they play this way again, they could be in first place by week 12 in the, in the East easily. It's crazy that every team in the East still basically has a shot at it. <laughs> For sure. Oh, excuse me. Starting to sneeze. Uh, but man, just like, I don't even know what to say. Um, like, I wouldn't say they're back to their old ways yet, though. I think you still gotta. Oh, I missed. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm, I'm. Don't worry, I'm just dying. Um, but um, we're gonna. Yeah, I think I need to see a little bit more because, like, they were dominant just two years ago or three, I guess. For sure. Um, I wouldn't say they're quite back to their old ways, but they are back to being competitive in the East Division, which, I mean, doesn't say much, but it's enough for right now. And then Trevor Harris got pulled on the final drive of this game uh, by the concussion spotter. And we had a very similar situation like this. I believe it was with Winnipeg. Um, Might have been another team. But... Uh, no, it was it was Winnipeg. It was yeah. Winnipeg. Because yeah. yeah. I remember being at the game. Oh, yeah, because Drew Brown clutched it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So did the spotter hurt Montreal's final shot at the end of the game? Well, I mean, obviously, they took the starting quarterback out of the game. Uh, Trevor, I seen, like, he didn't agree with it either, but I think he also said something to the lines of, the, like, the league's going to do what they're going to do, and, like, it's for player safety and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, was it enough to draw it? And, yeah, we've we've seen it once this year before, but it could have been used probably 100 other times in the year, and we haven't seen it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was definitely questionable, especially just on the last play like that. Like he wasn't on the ground in pain for 15 minutes. He he got up. Well, that was the thing I actually saw. Um, I think it was Dunnigan talking about that, saying that he would have popped up right away. Um, trying to showcase that he was okay, you know. Um, and hang on, uh, and Harris kind of did like not obviously for a long time, but he stayed down for a bit enough for that the referee to kind of be like what's going on here like let's actually stop and figure this out um but yeah i think that um i think it was the right play i mean i don't want to take any chances when it comes to player safety um you're you're scoring imaginary points and you're throwing a ball that's not really a ball so <laughs> like like i don't yeah. want somebody to get like it's the it's the danger of the sport like people are going to have great injuries right and i want to minimize that i think everybody does that's, that's fair, fair. yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, that's a very good point. For me, it didn't look like he injured his head at all, though, because of where he got hit. He didn't get hit anywhere near the head, and he got up. So, for me, it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks if you're Montreal, but at the same time, yeah, Carter's right. Like, this is long-term health of these guys we have to worry about. So, I, I, I kind of see both sides of the argument on that one. And then, so let's jump to the next game here. BC destroyed the Riders uh, at Mosaic. 32-17. Uh, to 17. Uh, Taylor and I, you were checking the story on IG. We were both there. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was not a fun game to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got ugly at the end. So, many Rider fans were leaving that one a little early to try and beat the crowd. And then, Oh, so we're going to get to the big one that uh, we're all in a group chat of hardcore CFL fans. So there was a very spirited debate about this, actually. Um, who, 
what is the biggest issue right now for the Ryder offense? Is it coaching? Is it Cody? Or is it something else? You know, I <clears throat> I think it's a combination of everything. Uh, you got a league leading 29 sacks allowed on Cody this year. Uh, so the O-line's not doing their job. Uh, your $260,000 a year wide receiver drops five, not wide open passes, but right to his hands. Uh, you only run eight times in the first half, and then you run three more times in the second half. So play calling is an issue. So honestly, it's I really hope they take this bye week to adjust things because the way that they're playing, they're not going to win another game at this rate. It's just you're going to start playing the really competitive teams now with uh, like in the West, and yeah, like it's they have to fix everything in my opinion. They have good players in these positions, but they're not playing their jobs properly, and it's. They're not going to get wins playing that way. Yeah, Labor Day is right around the corner, and uh, that's when the you know that's when everything gets that little bit more serious. And it looks like um, Saskatchewan. Like I don't want to say it because I don't want to sort of kick them while they're down, but like I don't want to call them a flash in the pan team. But it's like the play calling has been atrocious. The fact that Cody Fajardo is still on the field is is also <laughs> yeah. a great wreck. He, he had no business being out there this week. I think we can all like, agree I don't on care. that. I don't care. He, in the post-game interview, he said, I took no hits to the knee, so that's good. He's clearly <laughs> he's clearly playing hurt, you know? Like, the, what? Could you imagine? Like, nobody who is, like, 100% fine is going to be like, oh, well, I didn't get hit in my leg, so I'm fine. Like, he's saying that because his leg is screwed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, you don't hear Bo say that. Exactly. It blows my mind. Like, it it is literally reminding me exactly of, or at least in this example, there are other things that are happening with Saskatchewan that didn't happen with what I'm about to say. But Calgary last year, Bo Levi was trying to force through the injury and just was not being able to keep himself up to his own standards. Yep. And then... Yeah, I don't know. This is this is a running theme this year of uh, Dickinson not being able to really, uh, I don't want to say put the boot to his guys, but, but I guess lead and step up when he needs to to say, hey, I know you say you can play, but you shouldn't be playing. Like, he just isn't doing that, and he isn't like, disciplining players, and it's just, ugh, it's a mess. Um. Yeah, I do agree. Cody should not. Cody had no business in that game. Um, with his injury, they should have just had Dola Gallo last week. Let Fine play this week. Call it an evaluation. Couple weeks. Let Cody just rest and come back healthy after the bye week. That's what I would have done. But uh, there are smarter people than me working for the Riders, so maybe they have a reason for it. Um, I know in our chat. There was a very intense debate between, I believe it was uh, Cody, or yeah, whose fault it was. It was between Cody and Moss. And I know some of the Ryder fans are very adamant defenders of Cody. Um, James uh, called Cody a game manager who can't play from behind. And I know my boss, who's a coach at a university team, um, that says something similar to that effect, and also that, yeah, he can't... One of Cody's biggest weapons is him being able to run the ball, and him obviously being hurt, he can't do that. So, 
uh, yeah, I think that was a big part of it. I don't want to blame Moss too much because everybody just seems to be piling on to him. And the truth is, if you look at his track record, he's been one of the best OCs in the CFL for a fair while here. So I don't think if we just give him the McAdoo treatment, uh, that's going to help anything. Any any rebuffs there? Well, uh, I think we covered that. Yeah. Fair enough. And then, does BC's 20 unanswered points further solidify that they are legit? And where will they finish in the standings? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think we all kind of have thought they've been legit this whole time. I mean, since week one, putting up 50-plus points. But uh, they really haven't shown signs of slowing down except for against uh, Winnipeg. Uh, other than that, you know, they're they're undefeated except for that Winnipeg game. And uh, like, yeah, the riders did have a one up on them in the first half, but they showed no mercy in that second half and uh, wiped the floor with them. But what's going to be interesting, just kind of adding to my point here, uh, not this week, but the next week BC is in Calgary. So that's going to be <clears throat> an amazing game to watch. So I think BC finishes two or three, but if I got to pick one, I'm going to say right now they finish three. Because Calgary, I don't know how who's going to stop them either right now, besides it's Winnipeg. Interesting, because I was going to say that uh, I was like, obviously, I think that right now it's pretty hard to rebuff the uh, the top three. It's going to be in whatever order: Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, unless something changes. Um, and I was actually going to put BC at number two there. I think that they're going to host a playoff game Ooh. this season. Ooh. Um, so it's going to be uh gonna be a lot of fun i do think that they are legit um we've seen it enough times like the only time that they stumble is against the eight no team big whoop like yeah you know they're they're real they're the real deal i i think i'm with you um they're definitely legit do i put them ahead of calgary um in the regular season yes i think in the playoffs though calgary beats them just because they're a little bit more experienced so that's kind of where i'm at with bc right now is Regular season, they're the second best team in the West, second best team in the CFL. But come playoff time, it's a young, it's a young team. So uh, we'll have to see how they hold up. And then, where uh, kind of follow up to this, I guess uh, we asked where BC would finish in the standings. Where will the Riders finish in the standings? Fourth. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think there's a question about it, honestly, at this point, and their only hope in a Grey Cup hosting year is to cross over in the East because uh, at this rate, you're not catching up to BC, you're not catching up to Calgary, and you're especially not catching up to Winnipeg. You're already four games back and three games back on the other guys uh, for just for your losses. Like, they just haven't played as many games as they have yet. So, yeah, I really think it'll be fourth place. Uh, I don't see Edmonton getting better than Saskatchewan, but, yeah, they're going to be the bottom of the West. That's Yeah, I think that's how it's going to be, unfortunately. I mean, I think they're gonna, yeah. They're, I think they're gonna cross over. I don't think that they'll struggle to keep up with the Eastern teams, but I think they will definitely struggle to keep up with the uh, with the Western teams that are happening right now, or with that they're showcasing um, with the talent that they just have. Um, but yeah, I I think they finish fourth, um, and I think they could make a run because again, a weaker Eastern Conference, right, or division. But who knows? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Um... 
I think if you're a Ryder fan, you have to embrace the fact that we are the crossover team this year. Um, I don't see us catching up to BC or Calgary the way our offense has been this year. Our defense has been great. Arguably the best in the CFL, if not the second best, but the offense just hasn't hasn't gotten the job done. So I, I think the Riders are also going to be the fourth team and likely the crossover. So hopefully there is a, still a crossover this year. I think there probably will be, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with them. And then Winnipeg and Calgary kind of clash to the Titans here. Um, Winnipeg narrowly beat Calgary at home, 35-28. Now, did this game have playoff vibes to you or make you more excited for the playoffs? Well, I mean, the playoffs are still far away, but uh, it was a very exciting game because it's the league's two best teams going at it again. They just did it a few weeks ago, so... Uh, yeah, no, I think this will kind of be the key matchup to watch all year. They play each other once more, I believe, at least. So, uh, yeah, no, these are always exciting games, especially when you have the top two teams in the league, like being Winnipeg and Calgary. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily had playoff vibes. Um, it makes me a lot more excited for the playoffs because I think these teams are all going to, like, I mean, you know, I don't see any of the teams in the CFL really regressing as the season goes by, right? So. I'm I'm excited for it going forward. Um, but I'm excited to see some playoff football. Same. Uh, for me, I think this is. There was a little bit of a playoff vibe to this game, that t- they were going shot for shot for a while there with each other, and it it felt like one of those really close CFL playoff games. I know we're a long ways out, but it it does get me excited for if these two teams decide to play in the playoffs, what'll happen. And then, uh, we kind of answered this, um, we answered the first half of this question, so I'm just going to cut it out. The question was going to be, are these the two best teams to leave? We kind of answered that with BC. Um, so, was this the game of the year so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some good games this year. I feel like I'm forgetting one or two at the start, but, I mean, just with the caliber of both these teams, I definitely think it'd be in the top three for sure. Uh yeah, I think it's definitely one of the uh one of the best or uh, like one of the best games that we've seen and one of the best two uh team or two of the best teams, I mean, excuse me, um in the league so far. Um I mean, BC's the only team that you can really put in there. Um but yeah, I say so far this was definitely game of the year and exceptionally clean. Six total penalties with no turnovers and no missed field goals. Wow. That is clean. Yeah. <laughs> Um, see, for me, it's probably, this is up there for sure, I'm kind of with you. I think the game of the year for me was the the choke by, I believe it was Hamilton to the Elks. For me, I, I just, I enjoyed watching that uh, calamity of a game. So, for me, at least, that was game of the year in my personal books, but this was a really fun one to watch, so it's definitely up there for me. And then... What can Calgary do to get over the hump and beat the Bombers the next time they face each other? Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. Like they, they're clearly both the best teams in the league, and you know they both have good running backs, good receivers, good O and D. 
good special teams. Like, yeah, like Carter said, six penalties total. Like, that's two good, like, high-paced teams going at it. So, I don't know what it's going to take to get over that hump. I mean, obviously score more points than them, but it's it's a tough feat against Winnipeg. So, I really I don't that. know. Yeah, I love that. How do we beat them? You got to score more points. Again. <laughs> um, but, like, but it's just like, what do you do? Like when a team right? is just able to score more and they are just playing mistake-free football, and it's just like because that's probably going to be the cleanest game that Calgary plays this year. Oh yeah, and it still wasn't enough. Like that being said, is Winnipeg the juggernaut of last year? No. So I think that Calgary could do it. I think BC could do it. I think that in the right circumstances, Saskatchewan can do it. I think a lot of teams could be the ones to knock off Winnipeg to get that first win or first loss, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, um, just what can Calgary do? I it's tough. I don't know. I think I think it's less so on Calgary, and it's just you need to be able to catch the Bombers on a rough night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, oh. Just before you say something, I just Carter, what was their record last year? You guys lost two games, right? Uh, three. We lost three, three. games. Okay. We went, we went 11 and three because we lost to Toronto, sort of like we went three and one, and then we rattled off a ton. Right. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, it was almost the same thing last year. I remembered, like, yeah, it was just you guys, the Bombers just keep dominating. It's been almost three years now of them on top. And it's like no one's been able to fully knock them off yet. Yeah. Um, Bombers, I, I don't know. They're just a super team right now. Um, I know for some people, it's like, why haven't we done more kind of questions about the Bombers? And it's like, well, what more can we say? You know? So yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I, I think Roberson was hurt this game. So I think he would have made a little bit of a difference this game if he was in. So it'll be interesting to see when these teams kind of go at it the next couple times because it is hard to beat teams, you know. uh, I think they say three times a year is the rough number, and if Roberson's back for that third game, it could get interesting. It's week 12, and it's in Winnipeg. Ooh. That that could be interesting then. Say yeah. Winnipeg, that might be another Winnipeg win. <laughs> and Ottawa, uh, they got their first W of the year. Let's go! I know Ooh. we didn't think this would I happen know. with Mazzoli getting hurt, but hey, you did it! Congratulations, Ottawa. We are all happy for you here. You are no longer the laughing stock of the CFL. Uh, we've rooted for you all year, so congrats on the <laughs> dub. Fun. So they beat Toronto uh, at Toronto. I guess you can call it their home field, even though no one shows up. Um, 23 to 13. Um, can we expect more wins from Ottawa now uh, that they have that monkey off their back of getting their first win? Yeah, I don't think it starts this week, though, because they play Calgary. But uh, you look, they got Edmonton coming up and then Edmonton again and then Montreal and Toronto. So those games there, they could easily win two or three more of those and get into second, or if things work out, they could even get to first place soon, but I think second or third's more obtainable, but you want that second place if there's going to be a crossover. So, no, I really think that they could get some more wins. Like, uh, yeah, they're just, they they rolled, not that Toronto's the best team in the league, but uh, they've played good against the good team, so yeah, I think some wins are definitely coming their way. 
Yeah, I definitely felt when I was looking at this like um, they're not going to do it right away just because of who they play. But um, I think that, yeah, Ottawa, I mean, Ottawa's always been close. They were close against Winnipeg. The only game that they really got blown out was the BC game, which you can't really blame them too much for. So, yeah, I think we can definitely expect more wins from Ottawa as we move forward throughout the season. Same. It's kind of like the Hamilton effect when they got uh, their first dub. They got another one this week. So uh, I feel like it won't happen this week because it's against, you know, a top three team in the league. But after that, they could go on a little bit of a roll here. And then some trade speculation for the offseason. Um, could Caleb Evans become a starter for another team in the near future? Uh, you know what? If he keeps playing at the rate he's playing, I think he'll just be Ottawa's starter. Like, if he's going to get you some more wins, then why not? Like, uh, Nick Arbuckle is not Paul Apolise's guy. Uh, he traded him when he had him in Ottawa for that little bit there. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't see it happening. Like, I, I think it's Caleb Evans' job to lose, potentially. Like, if things go sour, they're obviously going to be looking maybe the Vernon Adams route or something, but... If if he starts putting up a couple wins, I think they're going to stay in his corner. Yeah, no, that's how I was kind of feeling about it. I was like, I mean, I guess, like, having um, Masoli on the team is pretty good. Like, you want someone like that who's proven that he knows how to perform when it's, like, crunch time. But, like, if he's, yeah, if Caleb Evans is playing like this, I don't see the reason to change it. Yeah, um, I think he could be a star for somebody in the near future. I don't know. I guess, yeah, if he plays this well, you might entertain moving Mazzoli or someone else, because I feel like there's a couple teams in the offseason that are going to be interested in some starters, and we might see a little uh, QB musical chairs here. But, yeah, I feel like Caleb Evans might be a starting caliber quarterback if he keeps this up, because he had flashes last year, but, you know, definitely was not a starter. Um, This year, he clearly took a step forward and looks pretty good. And then, is Toronto no longer the only competitive team in the East? Or was this uh, an off night for them? No, I, I definitely think with Hamilton getting a couple wins under their belt now and Ottawa getting their first one, it's not going to be the West Division competitive by any means, but it's going to be competitive for the East, and that's good for the CFL. That's That should be some more seats and stands and stuff. And, I mean, playoff games coming, and yeah, so it, it should be good. Yeah, the Eastern teams are going to be able to be competitive with the Eastern teams. There's not going to be a lot of blowouts in that way. And I do think that some of the Eastern teams can keep up with, like, you know, with the Elks and, well, right now, the Rough Say Riders. the Riders. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm still showing my respect to them because I know that Saskatchewan's been, what, a couple of, like, two different drives happen, and it's possible that we're talking about Riders being back-to-back, right? Yeah. So I want to give True. them their fair due. Um, but like right now, they're just not looking that hot. And uh, if the East starts to heat up, then things might get a little bit crazy. For sure. I know um, kind of at the start of the year, Toronto looked like the only competent uh, team in the East. But uh, with Ottawa and Hamilton starting to come on, and uh, I know Montreal was okay at the start of the season, but they're flailing now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think for now at least... Um, yeah, Toronto definitely isn't the only competitive team in the East, and I think it is a healthy thing to have a competitive East division. 
I think you're competitive with uh, Ottawa and Hamilton. I think you're going to be dogfighting for that second spot. I still think Toronto's going to get that first in the East, but we'll have to wait and see on that. And then to our power rankings. So for me, I've got number one Winnipeg, two BC, Calgary three, Hamilton four, Toronto five, Sask in sixth, um, Ottawa in seventh, Edmonton in eighth, and Montreal is a dumpster fire right now, coaching wise. So for me, they're in the basement. <laughs> yeah, we are exactly the same except i have montreal and edmonton yeah like edmonton at the very bottom um yeah i just i i don't like the way things are going in edmonton and yeah it's just as bad in montreal right now but uh i'm just picking the worst out of the two right now in my opinion yeah that's the thing i mean we all we were all in agreement until the bottom two um and to me it just came down to if i'm like for me being a fan of the bombers which team's going to give me an easier fight it's Montreal right now. So that's why I have Montreal at the bottom. Yeah, that's right true. So let's jump into our CFL fantasy segment. So best positional options for quarterback. I have Nathan Rourke, Dane Evans, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Caleb Evans. So any, any other quarterbacks you're entertaining taking this week? Uh, No, I mean, you could think about McLeod Bethel Thompson, but you could get uh, Caleros for like 500 or like 600 more bucks. So not, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going Caleb Evans personally this week. So I just, yeah, I think he's another good pick to go. Uh, for myself this week, I'm going with Bo Levi Mitchell. I think that he is going to have a strong showing after, uh, you know, he's definitely got the uh, got the fire back. I think he's going to have it at least after uh, after a couple of close losses to Winnipeg. So. That's where I'm leaning with this one. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the list that you got. Thanks. And then for me, yeah, I'm also taking Caleb Evans. Uh, Dude got 20 points last week, and somehow he's like 1000 or $2,000 less. So for me, I will take 20 points all day for like eight or nine grand, I think he is right now. So it's eight grand, yeah. So I'll take 20 points for that from my quarterback all day long. And then... Off to our running backs. Uh, I have Kadeem Carey, uh, Andrew Harris, Don Jackson, and William Powell. Is there anyone else you would recommend this week? Uh, I, th- I think you could follow up with Brady Oliveira with the game he had last week. Uh, and he's going to Montreal this week, so I, I don't think it's the worst team to play. He could be all right, but I got Kadeem Carey also in my lineup too. Yeah, for myself, I am running... i got to check real quick. Um, I'm actually running uh, Andrew Harris because I feel like he's starting to come into his own a little bit again. No chin straps, though. Um, that also, <laughs> we talked about that real quick. He's got to, like, figure that stuff out. That yeah. Like seven, it's like seven plays in that one drive. That was insane. Um, yeah, the helmet just... Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with his helmet. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I do like the concept of going with Brady Oliveira. Uh, it's a little... Like, it, it's... It's making me a little bit apprehensive with how expensive he is, but I am going to go with it. Fair enough. I just... Oliveira looked good last game, but I need to see it two weeks in a row, just because Winnipeg, for some reason, whenever I go to pick Oliveira, they say, nah, we're going to use three running backs this week. So I, I'm staying firmly away from Oliveira right now, but, I mean, if he repeats, uh, he might make it onto the list. Yeah. 
And then let's go wide receivers. I've got Eugene Lewis, uh, Kenny Lawler. Jalen Acklin has been doing really well. Steven Dunbar, just perfect consistency. Kitts Jr., productive, also friend of the show. Dembski had a really nice debut. Malik Henry looked all right. I think he'll do better next week. Dalton Schoen, back to being steady as ever. Keon Hatcher looked good again. And then Reggie White did okay uh, for a cheaper guy. Anyone else there you'd recommend? Yeah, I got I got one to add. Well, I got Dalton Schoen and Malik Henry in my lineup, but I also have Lamar Durant this week with Hamilton going to Toronto. Uh, and he's kind of making his way back into things now. I think that with, uh, you know, everyone's going to be focused on Dunbar and Addison. He could be a really good, that third option for Hamilton. So I think there's some potential there for five grand. Yeah. There's also a, there's a boomer bust guy that I've been uh, debating going with for this year for fantasy for this week. Um, and that is lucky whitehead with BC. Ooh. Um, cause I'm looking at his point totals and he's got, um, a couple of games where he's up at like 25 and a couple of like 17s. And then there's, he's also got like three. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> so it's, it's a tight one. So I don't know if I'm going to lean that way, but, uh, you know what? I might just do it. I'm picking with my heart and on my head for me. Yeah, I would, uh, for that price, I might take Jalen Ackman instead, but I mean, Hey, if the heart wants what the heart wants, I cannot control your desire for, uh, want to go and pick lucky whitehead here and then for defense this week there are two potentially exploitable matchups so i have both defenses on here um i have winnipeg's defense and bc's defense is the two i would recommend um which would you guys prefer of those two or are there any other ones you would take uh you know uh, it's tough i don't think there'd be any other ones i'd take but Winnipeg on the road on a Thursday, like they're still going to win, but I feel like it could be a closer game just because it's a short kind of week. But uh, I think that Edmonton, or the sorry, the BC one against Edmonton would be a good pick this week. Um, yeah, I'm looking at just which ones I'm thinking I'd rather go with, and just they. I mean, they're both pretty pricey. I thought one was forty one and the other was forty six, and that made it a little bit easier. But no, they're just like forty six and forty five. Um. I'm personally not going with a defense this week, but uh, yeah, I think those are the two that you got to go with if you're going to grab one. Fair enough. And then value picks, I've got Cam Phillips, Henry Nell, who my stipulation is, I believe he was filling in for an injured player, I believe it was Jean Brissett, uh last week, so that's one where it's depth chart dependent if he is playing, though. I I would take a look at him, and then Blake Irons appears to be the starting back in Edmonton right now, so if you can get a cheat back for twenty five hundred, might be worth a gamble if you're hard up for cash. Um, anybody else you guys would put in there? Uh, yeah, not for value picks. I really don't know this week, so I think you got it pretty good this week. It was tough. It was tough. It's tough pickings this week. Uh, weird. Yeah, for uh, we're talking value picks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing really. Fair enough. Things things are starting to get, you know, you're starting to actually realize how well people are performing. So there's not much value anymore that you'll be able to get. Not a lot of hidden value. I mean, exactly. So let's show Medora locks for me. I've got Kadeem Carey. Um, 
had a really nice week last week, and I think is going to do even better going up against a, uh, an Ottawa defense, which let's say is a lot easier to play against than the Bombers defense. So I really think he's going to have an explosive game this week. Uh, I got uh, Dalton Schoen for my lock this week. He's only had two weeks under 10 points, and most weeks are above 12. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a very good, consistent pick, as always. Yeah, I'm going with Bo Levi Mitchell. I had mentioned it earlier. I think that this is going to be his sort of, like, reignition. I think he's very upset after a couple of losses, even though he handled it well in front of the media. Um, we know that Bo is a fiery guy, so he's going to try and get... Uh, going to try and torch them uh going forward try and torch some cfl teams as they make their way and try to uh give winnipeg their first loss in a couple of weeks fair enough and on to our predictions and one thing for next week's games so the first game is montreal versus winnipeg um i have the bombers winning this one and one thing i'm looking forward to is uh uh, Al's owner, Gary Stern, on Twitter, uh, if Montreal very likely loses this game, what is he going to say? After he <laughs> guaranteed the dub, uh, I, I want to see the response. And he is active on Twitter. Like, if you want to go interact with a CFL owner, you can definitely do that on Twitter. So, Oh, yeah, Gary Stern is on Twitter all the time. Um, I'm taking Winnipeg this week too, and something I'm excited for. I'm I'm excited just to see Dalton Schoen kind of do what he's doing again, but he's only a hundred yards behind Ackland, so I mean he could get that he could get that first place this week if everything goes well for him. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see Dalton Schoen ball out again. Um, for myself, yep, obviously going Winnipeg. Um, I'm excited to just see how far this run can go. Like, yeah, eight and oh, um, the best ever bombers start, I think, was 10 and oh, and that was set in 1960. So, all we got to do is win a home and home to tie it with Montreal, who haven't been playing the best. But, of course, now that I say that, they're gonna get moked. Um, <laughs> but no, hopefully, not. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Winnipeg, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see hopefully if they can keep this run going. I'm it's just crazy to me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they have a very good chance to tie on that one, I think. And the next game is Calgary versus Ottawa. And for me, one thing I'm looking forward to is this is the second, uh, second or third best team in the league, and I kind of want to see how Caleb Evans performs against a bit more stiff competition than some of the Eastern teams. Yeah, no, uh, I'm pretty much leaning the same way you are. I think Calgary does win this one, but I'm also excited just to see, yeah, how Caleb Evans does against uh, one of the top three teams in the league and just see how he performs this week. You know, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think Mazzoli's losing his job to him, but he's definitely solidifying his name around the league. So just really excited to see him continue that. Uh, for myself, I'm going with Calgary. And I mean, I've, I've, I've already mentioned what I'm excited about. I'm excited to see how Bo Levi Mitchell responds after taking a pair of L's to uh, to give him his first two losses of the season. So I'm excited to see what happens. Fair enough. And then, oh yeah, we do have a couple more games here. Uh, Hamilton Did versus Toronto, I believe, is the next your one. Pick? Did you change your pick here? No. I could have swore we were all. Oh, nope. uh, I okay. had Hamilton on this one. Uh. 
story about last week's podcast as we were recording. Uh, I believe it was the Hail to Montreal uh, game. They talked me into switching my pick. Uh, I had Hamilton initially, and as we were chatting about it, I was like, you know what? Uh, I, I'm switching back to Montreal, and I was, I was wrong. Uh, I made that mistake. So I'm not, I'm not doing that again. I think Hamilton's on a roll. They've got some confidence. Toronto's coming off an L, and they just, even though they're at home, they're probably going to get outnumbered by Ticats fans anyway. So, uh, I'm going with Hamilton for this one. And then one thing I'm looking forward to. Oh, man. I just want to see if Hamilton, I guess, can keep the momentum going. Uh, they've been building up these last couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, I'm going opposite. I am taking Toronto this week. I think coming off that loss, they're going to be looking for another win. Uh, and something I'm excited to see is the McLeod Bethel Thompson and Curly Gittins Jr. connection. Uh, Curly kind of seems to be the number one target there, and uh, it's really cool to see him in his second year, like really kind of lighting it up and doing what he's doing right now. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm excited for. Just a fun little fact. Uh, so Toronto plays Hamilton this week, and they play Hamilton the week after, and then Calgary comes to Toronto, and then Hamilton goes to uh, Toronto again. And then they're in Hamilton, and then they're in Ottawa. Like, they don't leave the province uh, until almost, like, when is it here? They don't leave. No, they're in. Yeah, they're still there. They don't leave until October 1st. Starting wow. Well, that's yeah, no, comfy. Was, yeah, I had seen that, and it's like, okay, this is going to be a long homestand <laughs> for them. But, yeah, I am uh, I am on Team Toronto for this one. Um, and I am excited to see uh, how many times um, Andrew Harris's helmet will fly off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but seriously, no, I I am excited to see uh, if Andrew Harris is going to be able to continue the uh, the form that he's been in. Fair enough, and on to I believe it's the Elks in BC. Um, for me. What I'm looking forward to most from this game is I kind of want to see if BC just gets a ton of interceptions this game. I don't know why. Cornelius kind of has, he always has that one week where he looks pretty good and he throws a ton of interceptions. So <laughs> I'm waiting for that game and back of my head, I feel like it's going to be this week. So that's one thing I'm kind of looking forward to or curious to see about this game. Oh, fair enough. I, uh, yeah, I got BC this week too. And something I'm looking forward to, it's kind of, kind of jokingly, but a little serious is so, uh, Deron Carter's first game back, what he picks off, uh, Zach Claros. <gasps> yes. So now he's coming back and yeah, in his second game against a big quarterback in the league, is he going to get another pick? Or is Please. he going to not get a pick? Please you know? So that's, do. that's what I'm excited for this week. Please, Duran, get another interception. <laughs> um, what? What? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'm also going with BC. Um, I am excited to see... Um, well, I'm excited to see, yeah, how BC is able to sort of dismantle Edmonton's defense. Um, I don't have a lot of faith. Even though it would be cool to see another interception from Duran Carter, I just don't think it'll happen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see what BC can do. 
Fair enough. And I mean, hey, we did meme one interception into existence. Can we meme two interceptions into existence? We'll find out, I guess. (laughs) So, on to our off-the-pod activities. So, for me, um, all this Daredevil getting renewed stuff has me disappointed because I was really hoping the Punisher would come back and there is no Punisher Season 3, unfortunately, in the new phase of the Avengers, but he is coming back for Daredevil. So I was looking for, like, that type of show slash movie. And I was probably on Netflix and I found this movie called Bloodshot. So it's Vin Diesel. It's a superhero movie. It's not bad. So if you're just looking for something to... Well, a little quick movie to watch, I would recommend Bloodshot for you. Oh, cool. Uh, so my off the pod, I've uh, been into Better Call Saul. Started watching it last week, I believe. I'm on season four. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. If you like Breaking Bad, this is just it's really nice to watch, and you'll get some more closure, I guess, with the last season coming out here potentially. And uh, also, I got my hands on a copy of Simpsons Hit and Run for my PlayStation Two. Ooh. So I have been religiously. Uh, uh, pumping the nostalgia through my brain there playing that game and uh it's awesome just loving it making that my kids play game. it too unbelievable oh, so good yes um for me i was super super excited yeah obviously wasn't here last week i was up um if you know gimli manitoba it's like sort of semi-northern kind of like smack dab right in the middle of or it's like middle east of the country or of the country of i guess of the country but uh um, of the province um it's got a lake there super nice they had a whole icelandic festival and that's where i went for my vacation uh super fun and it was nice to get a refresher from work but that's what i've been up to fair enough and i believe that wraps up the pod so if you listen through all this uh thanks again um once again you can follow us on social media at true north cf pod on instagram and twitter and like our facebook page uh at true north canadian football podcast you listen to the show on spotify soundcloud youtube and apple podcast once again i have been your host mike schwan this is the true north canadian football podcast signing off